Hello and welcome to the Good Day Podcast. I am your host, Elias C. Sampaio. I am an author and a graduate of Christ for the Nations Institute's pastoral major. Join in on the conversations where we will laugh and cry from our everyday struggles to pointless rants of life. It's always a good day, no matter what, is my Hakuta Matata. So now, take a moment to breathe and say, it's always a good day, because if we are still breathing, we still have a chance. Hello everybody, and this is episode 9, chapter 8 of my book Entangled, Helmet of Salvation. Thank you so much for bearing with me. I know I am working on trying to become a better narrator, radio host, commentator, any other word that could describe being a pod a podcaster <laughs> but let's go let's get right into it take the helmet of salvation ephesians six seventeen. each piece of the roman armor had its own characteristics a unique design the helmet of a roman roman commander was covered by a crest it gave an imposing look to them the crest was given to those with authority during a battle with the centurion. Centurion would wear a transverse crest. It ran from side to side across his helmet. It served as a visual reference and a relying point for their soldiers. If, a, if just a Roman soldier was intimidating enough, can you imagine a centurion walking towards you with his special armor, with the crest on his helmet, giving you an illusion that he is bigger than life? Romans understood what fear and intimidation can do to the hearts of their enemies, winning the battle before it even begins. Mental warfare. The act of fighting your opponent before any actual physical interaction ever occurs. Using manipulation tactics, intimidation to bring your opponent's willpower to the ground. Make them be defeated by their own minds. In Christianity, it may not seem like we need such a tactic, but actually we do. Not towards our brother and sisters, but against demons that hold this world captive. The spiritual realm is real. It's as real as the pages on this is written on. On, ang- on angels and demons. Oh, sorry. I started tripping again. I was starting to read, and then I started tripping over my, <laughs> my own words. So let me read back. Let me step back. Okay, ready, set. This the spiritual realm is real. It's as real as the pages and the pages this is written on. Angels and demons exist in this world. And with every action we take in the physical world, there is a reaction within the spiritual side of things. For good or for bad. Our physical actions will always be the primary energy resource for the spiritual authorities over our lives. 
A, sim a simple example would be, if you seek God with all your heart and receive the Holy Spirit in you, the influence over your life will most likely be God. But on the other hand, if you will be living a life filled with drugs and prostitution, Jesus would not be a major influence over your life. Just as Adam get giving away the keys of this world into Satan's hands, each of us will come to the same choice Adam had. We will either take the fruit, be our own gods, choose and do whatever we want, or stay in the garden, follow the Lord's will for our lives. Apologies. <clears throat> Salvation's Salvation is only through Jesus Christ, no one else. I don't believe we go over that I don't believe we must go over the idea of if we have received salvation or not, because all of the previous chapters dealt with important issues of salvation, such as faith, righteousness, and truth. A helmet protects your head, the source of every action. We take the source of every action we take is the first pro is first processed by the brain. The brain controls emotions, behaviors, and every action in our bodies. So it makes sense that our helmet means salvation for in the end it comes down to a choice. Salvation unto the world is why Jesus died on the cross and resurrected on the third day. If you have Jesus in your heart and walk as he did, I believe you are saved. The only questions are now, where do you stand in the level of maturity? Does your helmet of salvation, what does your helmet of salvation look like? When you go to pray, do you intimidate your enemy? Can you be seen on the battlefield from a distance? The helmet of, a, of salvation is also the representation of your spiritual maturity in God. From a rookie to a general, each helmet has its purpose. A seasoned Christian who has been through many battles will have a level of maturity to be of a sound and clear mind in times of pain. Not becoming lost within the, his or her mixed emotions towards their discomfort, but remaining calm and relaxed on every situation. Page got stuck again. Here we go. We have experienced oh, every situation. We have experienced some kind of tragic event in our lives where we we're not expecting, and it took us off, and it took us off guard. We we might have lost control of our emotions and made the problem worse due to not thinking and only reacting. When we look back, we tend to say things such as, if I only took a moment to breathe, it wasn't that bad. Anyone who has gone through the teenage years will understand this for sure. Moments like these is where a pastor should be as a centurion to the church. His people should be able to see his crest from afar. So on the battlefield, they may be able to stay encouraged and secured of their advancement, marching forward into their next challenge ahead, confident in the strength of their congregation.
a church is only as strong as the envelopment of its members, and its members only will be limited by its leader. John Maxwell is a quote. That's a quote. If you're a leader, uh, it's a quote. He's. I'm going to repeat it again. A quote from John Maxwell. A church is only as strong as the, the envelopment of its members, and its members will be will only be limited by its leaders. John Maxwell. If you're a leader of anything, your people will only go as far as you're willing to go. The pastor who is always looking for new territories to conquer in the name of the Lord Jesus will see his congregation defeat giants with ease. Marriages restored, deliverance, demons will run at the side of his people. We humans create carbon copies of each other. We will never see someone who is a master of a specific craft teaching someone the complete opposite of his skill. Two plus two will always be four. If I go to a contractor for lessons, he will teach me everything to do with building. I can't not expect to learn how to cook from him. To all the Peters, Jesus calls you to tend his beloved sheep to protect the weak and hungry people. Soldiers, where are your helmets? Do not remain as babies, but grow in maturity, that you may speak with authority. Every prayer over someone who is under an evil influence is a direct attack is a direct attack against the demonic spirit. This is where you must be intimidating to your enemies. In Acts 7 in Acts 19 we read about a group of Jewish exorcists attempting to use the name of the Lord Jesus. They tried to intimidate Paul and the disciples' power over the demonic spirit. It took upon them, they took upon themselves to call on the name of the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, "We exorcise you by the name by the Jesus whom Paul preaches." Also, there were seven sons of Sevak, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. Who did so? Acts nineteen thirteen through fourteen. No, the number of people who tried to do this performance. The author of the book of Acts points out a detail of seven sons of a chief priest. Possibly more than 10 people gathered together for the same purpose, to cast out evil spirits. Isn't it funny how Jesus speaks on if there is two or more in his, in his name, he will be there. Well, let's see how this can be truly applied. One more important thing to notice in the words they use to speak to the evil spirit and the response it gives back and the evil spirit answered and said Jesus I know and Paul I know who are you then the man in whom the evil spirit was was leaped on them overpowered them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded Acts 19 15 through 16 Seven plus people gathered together for the same purpose. 
got their butts kicked by the very thing they were trying to cast out. Why? If Jesus himself said, if two or more are gathered together in his name, he will be there. Well, the answer is, they were using the name of someone they heard of, but never really knew. No relationship. What then can we learn from this interaction? That we have anything to that will have anything to do with the helmet of salvation. Well, first let's take the obvious out the way. As we stated, the centurion's helmet was designed with special mo motives. In the spiritual realm, our helmets will be the markers of our maturity. Unlike this group that got beaten up, we know whose name we call on. And we have a history with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We are not just using someone's name we heard from some preaching. We have an intimate relationship with God. Picture the room filled with sons of pastors who are calling on to the name of Jesus for deliverance. And demon tells them, I know the name you are trying to use more than you do. Wouldn't it be humiliating to hear that about us? For this reason, we must speak filled with the authority of the Holy Spirit and understand those name, whose name, whose name we have power from. Have, have knowledge of who we are and who we belong to. When you walk alongside Jesus Christ, you have nothing to fear. No one will be able to overpower you. One of, devil, one of the devil's assets is fear. This is why every time you hear a story of someone who, begin, who began to follow God, the enemy strikes fear into that person's life, making him doubt God's plan in the first place, leaving him hopeless. Oh, man. Uh, <clears throat> Some make it out of this stage alive and with a beautiful story to tell, and others fail to overcome the fear the enemy has put over them and leaving them to fall back into the pit they were climbing out of. How can we help our people from falling back? By becoming fully matured in our faith. Grow in the identity God has for you, and it will lead you to become a centurion in battle. Your enemies will see you and become intimidated by the level of your relationship with the Father. Preach not what you have heard, but what you have seen. Jesus is risen. The Christian life is not for the weary and only the strong can endure. So, if you have been listening so far, become stronger in your mature, mature become more mature in your Christian walk and your in your prayer life and your church, and uh, don't just be weary. Don't just be a baby. Don't just grow up. Don't just be emotional. Don't lose your head in, in the fight. Because 
if you grow to become strong-minded, calm-minded in the midst of battle, when you be, when you have a true relationship with Jesus, this is me talking. Sorry, I already finished reading. Um, this is just me talking, saying, telling you guys to, you know, that's the point of that that chapter is for the pe the leaders needing to grow up because there are people who look at your life and they they're in the middle of the battlefield and if they can see your helmet of salvation they can see you still have a, a strong mind uh, a strong mind a sound mind and you're still glorifying God you're still seeking uh bring bring the fight to this world you know they they will be encouraged and fight and continue to fight but if you have are not doing that you could be costing you know you could be failing in in helping others and helping yourself and yeah thank you so much for listening it's a good day don't forget it if you're still breathing you got a chance you still have a chance have a good one guys thank you so much Better. Better.